Uh, so there's a lot of people that will lose money from not having economic common sense, but certainly it's a chance for the average person to participate in economics uh, and see it transparently play out on a blockchain where everybody can watch the results. You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. WTF is BTC. These days on the news, you're hearing a whole lot about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and blockchain. But what do all of these things mean? And how are they directly impacting your business and your financial outlook? Well, I'm joined today by Stan, joined with Stan Larimer, who is the president and CEO of Cryptonomics, a leading custom blockchain development company, as well as father to Daniel Larimer, arguably the finest programmer and visionary in the blockchain industry. Stan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, well, let's, let's dive in. Uh, what is cryptocurrency? Why is that the topic of conversation these days? Well, I guess the reason it's sad is because right now uh, we're in a massive uh, expansion of people's awareness of it because of uh, it going up in value. Uh, Bitcoin is the leader of this, but you could call it the Bitcoin industry, even though there's a thousand or more different digital currencies by hundreds of different companies. Uh, but uh, Bitcoin is having a real run right now. It's gone up in the past month uh, from under $5,000 to almost approaching $20,000. So that's incredible uh, growth rate. It's also, at this point, a classic behavior of Bitcoin. It's had run-ups like this in the past, and you know, there's always corrections afterwards back to maybe half of that. So I think we are in you know, in the blow-off top of the current growth rate, but it's exciting because every time Bitcoin has a new peak, it's a lot higher than the last peak. Well, hey, Stan, could you tell our listener what it is, your background in cryptocurrency and how did you get to the point where you are today? Uh, well, um, you know, Bitcoin came out in uh, 2009. Uh, a gentleman or a name of Satoshi Nakamoto uh, introduced it, stayed around, uh, advocated it, taught a lot of people about it, and then mysteriously disappeared around 2010 sometime. Uh, my son, uh, Dan Larimer, at that time was uh, conversing with him a little bit as just uh, you know a junior learner while, he, while Satoshi was the grandmaster. Uh, but fast forward a few years, and Dan had made some uh, advancements of his own, got some uh, investment money in 2013 from some Chinese investors, and set out to build... Uh, something much more ambitious. Now, uh, Bitcoin sits on something called a blockchain, which is just a decentralized ledger uh, spread out all over the world so a bunch of honest robots are tracking who owns what instead of a central bank. Uh, and so that's the big thing called a fame for uh, any digital currency is being decentralized so nobody controls it. 
And uh, Dan came along and said, with that technology, why don't I put a whole company on the blockchain? And so he put a smart coin factory and digital currency exchange on there instead of just something that keeps track of one coin. Well, so he's involved in a whole host of different cryptocurrencies. Yes, he, he uh, did that one. That one I just described is called BitShares. That was his first one. And, uh, you know, it's still growing, doing great. It now processes more transactions than Bitcoin or Ethereum, two of the other current leaders. Uh, and so it's right up there uh, in, in the categories of uh, important uh, uh, blockchain systems. Uh, he went on to make Steemit, which is a completely different type of a system where people get paid in digital currencies for publishing on a social media blogging platform. And uh, he finished that up, and now it's also, it, it's actually number one in terms of uh, blockchain activity in the world. And between BitShares and Bitcoin, or I'm sorry, BitShares and Steemit, uh, those two process more than the rest of the in industry combined. So they're significant change he's moved on now to one called eos eos which is an operating system for building blockchains and so uh, that will provide unlimited capacity and flexibility to uh, uh, create your own uh, blockchain systems building on top of his operating system you're listening to stan larimer and he has 40 years experience in software hardware and systems engineering program management business development, and he even taught rocket science at the U.S. Air Force Academy. Now, you mentioned the word blockchain, and uh, mm -hmm. I know that Bitcoin and a lot of the cryptocurrencies are based on this principle of blockchain. Uh, does, mm -hmm. Is blockchain merely a financial, uh, does it have use primarily in financial industry, or is this something that could be used across other different types of industries? Oh, all kinds of applications. The list is very long. But just to show you the spectrum, I mentioned Steemit. That's something that's not financial. It's a social media, uh, you know, do blogging and, and earn money from posting uh, interesting content. Uh, another application is probably uh, uh, keep track of their votes on the blockchain and uh, know that they were all counted up correctly and no hanging chads or anything like that. Uh, anything that requires... Uh, a decentralized trustless system, right? Anytime there's a, a case that's something where somebody might cheat or uh, so on, you eliminate that by putting it on the blockchain where it decentralizes to a whole bunch of computers all over the world. I call them robots, but they're just, you know, uh, computers spread out, some of them in some people's basements and some of them in the cloud. But those, uh, those basically publish an un changeable log of events that have happened. And so you could use that for a provably fair gambling or gaming type environment. And PeerPlays actually is a blockchain using our technology that uh, is doing that. So uh, just about anything you can imagine like that, there's some really cool ideas. So Stan, just how safe is blockchain? And do you ever fear that someone nefarious could come in and disrupt the whole system steal people's coins. Uh, yeah, is it safer than our current way of banking? Well, now that's an interesting question. Uh, how <laughs> safe is our current uh, way of banking? Look at what happened in Cyprus a few years back where uh, you know the government got in trouble there and the banks got in trouble there and they decided to steal 
uh, they they called it a bail-in, but they stole depositors' uh, deposits. I think they gave everybody a 40 or 50% haircut uh, to bail out the bank. And since that time, European and American uh, lawmakers have said, yeah, that's our standard thing, no more bailouts. Uh, if, a, if a bank uh, loses money, uh, it's, it's allowed to steal it from its depositors. So while they say that there's, uh, you know, an FDIC-insured kind of a thing, uh, they got this little backdoor that says if we gamble with your money and we make profit, you can, uh, you know, we're keeping the profit we made with your money, and we'll pay you a half a percent interest. Uh, if we lose, though, we get to take some of your money to make up for our losses. That's written into law now. It's yeah. outrageous. So part of the reason for the digital currency uh, movement is to get that control outside of unreliable banks uh, and dishonest governments and allow people to have control of their money again. Now, that's the positive side. The negative side is there are that would love to get at your money. Generally, blockchain is absolutely secure. Uh, huge, I mean, it's like hiding your money on one of the grains of sand in the entire universe. The chances of someone else finding the address of that grain of sand and taking your money are very small, <laughs> infinitesimal. But uh, if you leave the address of that grain of sand uh, laying around on your computer, they can hack your computer and take it. Uh, but, you know, what are the chances that a given hacker is going to draw his attention to your computer as an average individual? There's not much. Most individuals don't have much uh, wealth stored uh, on that grain of sand, so the hacker's not going to waste his time on you. But if you move your uh, assets to a central exchange where they put them all in one wallet uh, and let you trade on their exchange, uh, that's one grain of sand that's worth finding. And so uh, hackers can do all kinds of things to see if they can track down or you know, probably by talking to some employee of that exchange or, you know, it's, it's impossible to just guess the uh, grain of sand address. But uh, there's still ways that uh, they can find it left around on the server of, of the company or something and then run off with everybody's money. So uh, your stuff is very safe except when you trust somebody else to manage it, and then it's only as good as their security. Yeah, and Stan, you mentioned the whole uh, banking industry and the money that they make. There was an astounding, astounding statistic that I found recently that banks made over $33 billion on overdraft fees, and it just makes you realize that banks can often profit off of the poorest of people uh, who don't have the funds, but I would imagine that blockchain is a is an investment vehicle or a, a vehicle in general that uh, wouldn't have those types of fees or wouldn't have that type of financial um, incentive, and so it could be better for more people to to to, to utilize. Yeah, let's compare three different cases. Okay, uh, a typical bank, if you want to wire money somewhere, is going to uh, take three days, charge you thirty dollars. And uh, you know, basically, sit on your money, use your money while they hold it for those three days, pretending that they have to check you out or some other excuse, but they're just really delaying it while they can use your money on the float. Uh, if you go to Bitcoin, the granddaddy of them all, the most famous ones, it's so loaded now with people using it that it's actually slowed down to where you know, it might take three hours 
and uh, cost you three dollars. That's still a lot better than the banks, but uh, you know it's uh, not as good as you could do with bit shares, which was designed to completely replace the banking system, not just to be a currency. And with bit shares, it would be guaranteed three seconds and maybe cost you three cents. So that's sort of the comparison comparative uh, service you've got. Uh, and of course, nobody in the middle. I can I can send somebody on the other side of the planet. Um, money to uh, buy a snow cone for three cents. It gets there in three seconds, and no middleman could stop it. Uh, whereas if I try to do something like that with one of these other services, uh, you know, it's going to slow down my economic transactions. So we like to say it's frictionless uh, when you use bit shares, and the friction increases as you go to Bitcoin or to the legacy banking system. Yeah, and the implications of that is are extremely huge. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, individuals that that send money to their families overseas, or individuals that support causes or charities that are overseas, and being able to transfer that money in seconds for a lower cost can allow you to send more money and uh, more of that money be sent to the end user as opposed to being eaten up by fees. Yeah, you just bypass all the middlemen and put it right there. And I've done it many times. It's really exhilarating. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody I want to do a deal with, and they say, yeah, okay, I'll do that for you for, I don't know, let's say $1,000. And I say, okay, uh, you want me to send it to you by a check? You'll get it in three to five business days, or do you take pictures? They say, I'll take pictures. And I say, tap, 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 boom. And uh, three seconds later, they say, ah, I see, I got it in my wallet. Okay, deal done. Nice. Now that is super exciting. Again, you're listening to Stan Laramere, who's the CEO of Cryptonomics. Stan, how do you get from rocket science to blockchain? What was the transitional moment for you? Well, I've been working in the aerospace industry all my life, working on unmanned air ground, sea and space vehicles, that's Mars rovers, and airplanes, unmanned, you know, drones, you might say, that you can shoot out of a five-inch Navy gun or uh, helicopters that you can carry in a, a Marine's backpack. So I worked on a lot of different interesting unmanned systems like that. Then uh, back in 2010, I decided to get out and just do some entrepreneurial stuff. And then a couple of years after that, Dan had his uh, opportunity and wanted to focus on the technical stuff. So he asked me to come out of retirement and run the company for him. And uh, so that's what I started doing. That's how we got to cryptonomics as one of the you know, early uh, well-known digital currency companies. Uh, and since then, we've continued to spin off uh, different companies. Uh, one of the latest ones is Hyperion, which is bringing in some really high-powered, well-connected uh, people to start building on top of the BitShares blockchain. And, man, since we started doing that, there are so many new opportunities that you'll be hearing about even in the months of December and January, uh, you know, I'm super excited about uh, the utilization increase of the BitShares blockchain just in the past couple months. Well, Stan, we'll be following your, close, your story very closely. Um, I've got a few questions. Obviously, Bit, Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, all these things are fascinating. So I, I asked my listeners if they had any questions. So if you don't mind, for the next couple of minutes, I'll just do some user, uh, some listener questions. Is that all right? Yeah, great. All right, great. So the first one that I have is, um, 
Uh, it's from Megan. Uh, what other types of cryptocurrency do you think could be up and coming, i.e. things to invest in now, or is Bitcoin the dominant, the dominant cryptocurrency? Well, it, it, along one axis, if you're just saying, you know, what is the market cap? Bitcoin is a clear big gorilla with a market cap over 200 billion. Uh, you know, but it's limited. It really can't grow in utility because it's saturated in how much work it can do. Uh, whereas if you look at something like BitShares, it's got a market cap of less than 1%, yet it's handling more transactions for the world and has more growth potential uh, than Bitcoin. So if you were an investor, what would make sense? Buy into something that's already in a parabolic climb to near $20,000 a piece, or would you take something that's worth 15 cents right now that is probably going to do the same thing? You know, we never know the future, but just compare the raw difference in power and performance. And so, yeah, I'm a real believer. I don't own any Bitcoin right now. I own all bit shares, but that's just me. I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, but that's the kind of question. And then there's another really exciting thing that's coming out, which is um, basically new coins being uh, released all the time that are backed by something. Now, uh, Bitcoin and BitShares are backed by the demand for their products and services. And so they have real value, too, just like Microsoft stock is, uh, you know, is backed by everything Microsoft does and Google's backed by everything Google does. So to say that digital currencies are not backed by anything wouldn't be true. But a whole lot of people now are coming out and offering every kind of thing you could imagine. Some of them are securities and they represent uh, investments in banks and other things. But there's also just interesting utility tokens out there that you know, might go up in value because as a, a company starts growing, more people want a limited supply of those tokens. And so a little bit of a wild west right now. Some of those tokens are scams or, uh, you know, at least not backed by anything other than a couple kids sitting in their parents' basement. Uh, but if you go to sources that are, you know, doing the regulatory compliance that's necessary, uh, and, you know, basically uh, putting a big, good, solid company behind it, uh, we're going to be introducing an awful lot of that kind of stuff in the coming uh, few months. And we're dealing only with things that we have confidence have high quality. You know, of course, each of those things, you have to do your own homework and due diligence and read the white paper that explains the, the nature of the investment. Uh, but we're going to do our darn best to make sure that uh, we, we don't have anything we're recommending that uh, can't pass the uh, legality test and the you know, good common business sense test. But huge opportunities for that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a great time to be doing it. But don't follow the herd and buy uh, Bitcoin because it's the one you've heard of, okay? Look at, look at the plot of its growth. Uh, it's grown by a factor of 10 this year. BitShares have grown by a factor of 50 uh, because a small-cap stock like BitShares, it's not a stock, but it's a small-cap coin, um, you know, has more room to grow, let's say, than one that's grown a whole lot. Yeah, all right. That's, uh, that's a great answer, and I'm definitely going to be following your news and notes. What, by the way, how can people follow your company, uh, your blog, your social media? What are some, some links that people can connect with while they're listening to, to us on the podcast? 
Well, you can go to BillionHeroCampaign.com, and that's where we're making a game out of learning about all this stuff. And uh, so uh, we're also giving away a billion dollars worth of bit shares as soon as we do what Bitcoin has already done, which is grow by a factor of a thousand. We put a, put aside a million dollars worth of bit shares, and we're basically throwing down the challenge that we think we're going to grow in the next couple of years as much as Bitcoin has grown in the past, and then some. So we teach people about that, and you get to vote on what we give the what are the projects that we should give a billion dollars away. So you can learn, have fun. We'll teach you some games. And then what you learn can be applied for your own financial prosperity. That's incredible. And this question might be answered by what you just said, but what is the best way for someone with limited knowledge on investing in cryptocurrency to actually begin in the cryptocurrency landscape? Well, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of things that are uh, possible. What we uh, do is we created this BillionHeroCampaign.com as a place for, is our way of putting in good training materials and good suggestions and helping people get an account and so on. Uh, you can go to BitShares.org, which is you know a more uh, static informational site, but it gives you a place where you can actually get a uh, BitShares account set up. And uh, then there are other uh, communities that you can join. Um, BitSharesTalk.org is a place where community members get together and talk. So a number of places like that. Uh, you know, there's no substitute for joining a community where they can give you some you know, help. You, you just post in the community, hey, anybody, can you tell me where I can go get you know, some more information on this? And usually someone will post you a link or two on the subject you're interested in or directly answer your question. That's the way in the digital currency industry we all help each other to learn. All right, my next question is from Megan. And Megan, well, this is another Megan, but uh, she asks... Mm -hmm. If, or one, it's a two-part question. Do you believe that Bitcoin is a bubble or experiencing a bubble? Uh, and then the why or why not to explain the fundamentals behind its rise? Yes, it is absolutely in a bubble. I will scream that from the mountaintops. I, I, I've seen this happen many times, okay? Uh, it's going up. I can't predict how much higher it's going to go. I'm shocked it's gone as high as it has. Uh, but it's generally being driven by increasing awareness uh, of the public and uh, increasing legitimacy of it as some of the major uh, people who have in the past been critical of the dollar but advocating precious metal, some suddenly starting to accept Bitcoin. Uh, and therefore, you know, it's entering the mainstream. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it's a particularly good investment right now. It certainly was if you bought it at the beginning of this year. And if you're willing to hold it another year, it'll probably double again. But uh, in the meantime, you're going to have a shocking roller coaster. And there's going to be some real shocks to the industry coming up uh, in terms of, you know, sudden announcements by government regulators that they've closed an exchange for misbehavior or something. And so, you know, anytime something like that happens or a hacker hacks into a central exchange and runs off with that exchange's supply, shocks everybody and causes, you know, a pinprick to pop the bubble. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's something that it's definitely recommend the industry getting into it. But uh, 
anytime you see uh, something that has had a, a recent large run-up, that's not a good thing to buy into because it's going to correct. It's better to look for quality. And I, I would right now recommend uh, people looking for some of the top quality ICOs. Uh, I certainly believe BitShares is not in any kind of a bubble. It's probably the most undervalued thing. Imagine it's less than 1% of the market cap of BitShares and yet doing or, or Bitcoin, and yet it is uh, handling more transactions per day than Bitcoin and the second one. So, uh, and then, of course, Ethereum has just had this horrible experience. Somebody invented a cute little kitty cat game um, that uh, you know, it's gotten real popular and it, it clogged up Ethereum and basically stopped its transactions because Ethereum can only offer maybe 25 transactions per second for the whole world to share. And the little kitty cat program came along and used up most of them. Whereas, you know, BitShare is scalable to tens of thousands of transactions per second. So it has, it's to me, the heir apparent. And so do your homework. Don't just trust me, but look at the difference. A great place to go to is blocktivity.info, B-L-O-C-K-T-I-V-I-T-Y.info, shows the rankings of all the major uh, blockchains in terms of how much they're used. To me, that's much better information than looking at coinmarketcap.com, which ranks them by uh, what's their market cap. And all that tells you is uh, how big is the bubble that something's in right now, where Blocktivity says how... Much of the, how much are the different things being used. So that's what I'd recommend, blocktivity.info. All right, again, we are joined by Stan Laramere. And Stan, this has been a very insightful. You're just a, a wealth of knowledge here on this uh, cryptocurrency conversation. Uh, and I know our listeners are going to appreciate this. Uh, I'll ask you one more question because I want to respect your time here. Um, let's see, let's pick a good one. Uh, Stephen asks, has the development of cryptocurrency changed our understanding of economics? Also, if a government decided to create a cryptocurrency, what would distinguish it from being simply a larger denomination of the existing currency? I'm going to ask the sec- answer the second part first. It's okay. so funny. It's absolutely laughable when all the big banks and governments of the world say, we're going to do the blockchain too, except we want to control all the nodes because we're the government or we're the big bank. We don't want it to be publicly controlled. Guess what? (laughs) The whole reason for the blockchain is to decentralize things so there's no central authority that can seize your funds or delay your transactions or so on. So these banks that say we're getting into this or these big companies that say we're going to do it, Hey, if you are not willing to make the thing publicly controlled and release control of it, blockchain is not needed. You can use an ordinary database and store the numbers in there where you can fiddle with them yourself. The idea of controlling that is ridiculous. But, of course, uh, I'm sure a whole lot of big businesses are still going to try to pull that off because the public may not know the difference. So that was the first half. And remind me, what the or the second half, what was the first half question? The the first one is... Has the development of cryptocurrency changed our understanding of economics? Oh, I think so, at least broadened it. Uh, there's, In fact, cryptonomics is kind of named after cryptoeconomics. And uh, one of the things we specialize in is advanced economic theory of blockchains. We're making some really interesting financial products that can be done with smart contracts and uh, 
and uh, programming those robots to implement nice, stable cryptocurrencies. Uh, and, and we've got one called The Hero that you can read about on SovereignHero.com that'll grow by programmatic robotic control by 5% uh, annually. Uh, so you can structure all kinds of interesting things. And, of course, there is a lot of economic ignorance out there. So a lot of people think that you can just create a new coin, give it a fancy name, and, and repeat Bitcoin's success. Uh, so there's a lot of people that will lose money from not having economic common sense. But certainly it's a chance for the average person to participate in economics uh, and see it transparently play out on a blockchain where everybody can watch the results. Well, listener, this has been Stan Larimer, an insightful conversation on Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, bit shares, cryptonomics. Uh, his son, Daniel Larimer, Make sure you give everyone a follow and make sure that you visit the BitShares Hero website. Uh, also visit the BillionHeroCampaign.com. Uh, Stan, have we missed anything? Is there anything else that you want to cover today? Just by all means, watch my blog on Steemit, S-T-E-E-M-I-T dot com slash at Stan. That's where I publish everything new, everything that's going on. And... Uh, that way you can know about it first if you're reading about it there. Awesome. We'll add that in the show notes. Thanks for joining me, Stan. Okay. Thank you. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.